0: and welcome to the Slash Filmcast. I am David Chen and with me are
1: Divindra Hardwar and Jeff Kanata.
0: Welcome to the show, everyone. Tonight on the podcast, we are going to be discussing some what we've been watching and then moving on into an in-depth review of Antonio Campos' newest film, The Devil All the Time. It's available right now on Netflix. You can find more episodes of this podcast at SlashFilmcast.com. You can also email us at SlashFilmcast at gmail.com. But before we get to that, uh, let's talk about some emails that people wrote into filmcast at gmail.com. Now, uh, on this podcast, The Slash Film we, we recommend some things. You know, we tell you things that we think you should watch. <laughs> and I, I have a question to ask you guys, all right? Yeah. This, is, this is like self-examination time for me, is... Did you get the sense that I was recommending people watch Assassin 33 AD last week?
1: Yes, you you um, straight up recommended yeah. it. Yes, you 100% really? did. Really? In I fact, I... I have since recommended it to other people based on your recommendation, Side Unseen for me. Because of Is, how you highly you spoke, I'm 100% serious. Wow, wow. I have I said if you're looking for a fun, goofy movie to watch, my my good friend Dave Chen said there's no better movie right now to just laugh (laughs) at and have a good time with than that Assassin (laughs) 33 AD.
0: Huh. Who did you you say that to, Jeff? Somebody who you trust, I assume, or
1: who trusts you. Anthony Carboni. Oh, None other. oh,
2: shit. <laughs> wow. now I'm going to be hearing <laughs> about this. He just this retweeted we it to his uh, yeah. handful of followers, you know, and yeah. it just yeah, kept yeah, going yeah. and
0: going and going. Yeah. Well, I, I do want to acknowledge, I would feel remiss if I did not acknowledge that I, I did get quite a few emails writing into slashfilmcastgmail.com, including this one from Craig from Orlando uh, with the subject line, Chen, Dang you, Chen! Like all in caps, Mm -hmm, exclamation points, everything. Yeah. Yeah. Mm Yeah. That sums up Jeff's attitude on the podcast. (laughs) Um, Craig writes in, quote, I've been a loyal listener to you all for years and love what you do until now. Dave's impassioned plea to have people watch Assassin 33 AD made me believe in the campy possibility that this could be so bad it was good. Wrong again, Dave Chensky. This was horrible. (laughs) Horrible. I mean, worse than Sharknado bad. And clocking in at one hour and 50 minutes just made it worse. I love you guys, but Jeff, please limerick David Chen off of any further recommendations until he can redeem himself, <laughs> your ever loyal follower, and now paying the price for it, Craig from Orlando.
1: Wow. I think you owe Craig an apology. Uh, but I, this is the I part mean, of the I, show where say, I, would... I
0: don't owe anybody anything. I'm just going to put
1: that out there. But go ahead. Jeff. Wait, this is the part of the show where if I had the power to, if I had known this was coming... I would have prepped a lovely audio drop of you from last week saying I enjoyed it a lot mm. or whatever it is you said. You said something along the lines of I got a lot of joy out of this movie. Yeah. I, I,
0: yeah.
1: I think yeah. you even said something like if you want to have a wacky time, you're not going to do any better than Assassin 33 AD. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. I, I think mm-hmm. this is where it's important to point out. Sometimes David Chen just likes bad things you know so yeah. his enjoyment may not equal your enjoyment yeah. just, saying. just I mean, saying i mean i guess i thought i made
0: it pretty clear that the movie is very bad you know what i mean
1: yes but you you talked about it in loving terms you thought yeah. you said it was bad, so bad good. that yeah. it was there was a, an incredible experience
2: hmm. all right i ironically see jesus be bagged and tagged come on
1: come yes. on I unironically recommended it to, to people based on your review. I was like, oh man, if you want a movie to watch right now that'll make you feel better.
2: <laughs> How many people oh, does wow. this
0: hurt? Make you feel wow. better. Wow. I don't I definitely wouldn't go that far. But well, yeah. anyway. I heard
1: I heard there was lots of laughter. And laughter so, is a healing healing agent, Dave. So,
0: <laughs> <laughs> so I, I am not going to apologize for recommending Assassin 33 AD which is available right now on Prime Video. I I, I will not apologize. I will warn you, it is incredibly Islamophobic and um, terrible for many, many other reasons. Um, But I do think it's so bad, it's good. And as I mentioned on the podcast last week, it provides a unique uh, vantage point into a very twisted worldview that I think is very rare to to have uh, in the film world these days.
1: So this is uh, a, this is you doubling down. This is but, but, this is you starting the conversation with. <laughs> did, did somehow someone get the impression that I recommended this movie, and then and then here is like it's so bad it's good. I'm not gonna. Uh, yeah,
2: you're doubling. No, down. wink, wink. Yeah. Uh.
0: So. So that said. That said. Uh. I do feel the need to acknowledge that a lot of people did watch this movie and had a very bad time. So, you know. <laughs> like i've been hearing about it all week on the slash filmcast at email and i just i just need to acknowledge it you know what i mean mm-hmm. like i don't want people no remorse, to feel like i didn't give just acknowledgement
1: the <laughs> yeah there's you know? no remorse just acknowledgement i got it
0: <laughs> that's right that's right um speaking of acknowledgement the emmys were this week uh oh, yeah. did you guys have a chance to see the emmys last night
2: no, uh, no, uh, no, it feels I like, no
1: one watches it. It feels games. like a, a throwback to a time that just doesn't exist anymore. It's just like uh-huh. the idea of sitting down and just enjoying the Emmys seems like a foreign concept to me.
0: Well, I don't, you're not the only person that uh, that felt that way. Apparently, uh, you know, I'm reading from Hollywood Reporter this for the second year in a row, the Emmy Awards have hit an all time low in TV viewership, um, they drew around six million viewers. The previous low was set a year ago when Fox had just under seven million viewers. Uh, So yeah, apparently everyone in America agreed with y'all. Um,
2: I to to be fair, I had no idea it was happening. (laughs) Was this advertised (laughs) somewhere? (laughs) Like what? When did you all decide to do? It's like in a movie where everybody does the uh, you know the giant choreographed dance at some point. When did you all? When did this happen? When did we decide on this? But okay, uh, so I watch the Emmys. I,
1: yeah, I watched, yeah.
0: The, I, I watched the Emmys. Apparently, like it, it. You know, it's what's amazing is it sounds like you guys didn't were not even aware that they happened last night until I said the words just now.
2: No, I saw it on Twitter. No, but then yeah, I saw a bunch of tweets. But then it was about too much okay. Uh, gotcha, yeah.
0: yeah. Okay. Well, I'll just say it was pretty weird, guys. Um, it was pretty okay. weird because. What happened was, um, the, I, I will say, like they tried to uh, innovate around the circumstances that they had, mm-hmm. um, but essentially they had a simulcast broadcast from every single nominee's location, with with Nothing some exceptions. Nothing can go wrong with that. Yeah.
2: Well, for
1: well, the for logistics the part, of that alone. So.
0: Yeah, I know. Yeah. But just and and then what what would happen is there, there would be people that would go to these people's houses with Emmys. Like and then just
1: waiting to see if they need to deliver it to them? <laughs> hey, Correct. What's in, in the bag?
0: What's in, in the bag? Hazmat oh. su- in what? hazmat suits. I'm not not exaggerating.
1: We are so, so it, far beyond parody of our own you know what I mean? Like the awards ceremony shall not be stopped. <laughs> <laughs>
2: there's, yeah, this amazing, this. there's this amazing
0: there's this amazing tweet that uh, uh, Rami, the guy who you know uh, Rami Yusuf, the guy who mm-hmm. uh created Rami, uh, tweeted it out it's a video and it, it just the text just says when you lose the emmy and it shows this guy in a hazmat suit like waving him goodbye like carrying the emmy away from his house
2: <laughs> yeah also they have yeah. to bring it to everybody's houses i guess they bring to it to everyone's fair. house they're like hey
0: and the winner huh. is and then whoever it is like you know <laughs> they give him they the emmy and if you lose they just
2: disappear in and they just vanish into the it's night like with a- the a- emmy
1: it's like a Yakov Smirnov routine, you know. In, in Russia, award ceremony take award from you. You know, it's like. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: so weird night, and I'll just say that uh, they did the best they could. But uh, sure. when you watch an award ceremony, there's a lot that the uh, the live audience does to convince you that what you're watching is entertaining. Uh, specifically with the laugh, the laughing yeah. and the cheering and all those things. They're all dressed up. they had up, none of those know? things last yeah. night. They had none of those yeah. things.
1: It's interesting, and, I, you know, not to, I don't mean to change the subject because I do want to hear more about the Emmys, but, uh, you know, I've mentioned this about wrestling in particular, then the lengths that they have gone to to sort of replicate the audience situation with their Thunderdome for the WWE. But uh, football is also back. The NFL is back. And we had week two this week of, of games. There were no preseason games, but they had, they jumped right in. And uh, they are pumping in crowd noise, uh, which actually is pretty effective as far as maintaining a, a, a sense of normalcy with the broadcast. Like the broadcast looks and sounds almost indistinguishable from the way it has always sounded, right? The the low angle on the field, you don't really see the stands most of the time. You don't see they're empty most of the time. And then pump in the crowd noise and it, it, you know, if you just said, is this from this year or is this from a previous year? It'd be hard to tell, except that it is phony and it is, you know, being, I guess, (laughs) orchestrated or conducted by some sound engineer in some room somewhere. And if you are really watching the games as as I have the last couple of weeks, I've started to realize how many cues I take from the audience reaction. Like, Mm -hmm. You know, football is a long, uh, long games are long, right? And the part of the process of, of an American watching American football is eating, doing other things. Like I fold laundry while I'm watching football. I'm playing with my kids. There's there's a lot of time between plays. There's a lot of not paying attention to the screen. It's not, it's a it's not, I'm not always just staring at the screen watching a football game. And I've realized how much I I cue off of the roar of the crowd to know, oh my gosh, I should turn and look at the television right now to see that something important has happened. Yeah, And now yeah. that is a completely false signal. It's a, it's a false flag because the sounds are just, com- just divorced from any action on the screen at all. It is, it's a very bizarre kind of subtle realization that I've had that it is, it's it, it just, it just a different way to interact with the programming. It's wild.
0: Yeah, and I'll say it really, I think, hurt the broadcast to not have the audience there. Because uh, a lot of the jokes felt pretty cringy. It's, it's uh picture like um, like Jeff making jokes in the Slash Casper for like three hours. You know what I mean? That's so fantastic what, and
1: amazing. It was that good?
0: <laughs> wow. I kid, Jeff. I kid because I love um, but let's Other talk way, we about, we can some- go for
1: three hours if you want, Dave, <laughs> let's I'm ready. talk
0: about some of the big awards that were handed out last night. Um, but I, I mean, also by the way, just as an overall kind of piece of drama, you know, what, what I mean by that is like the award ceremony as like, you want to know who's going to win. Um, the way it was structured was very, very weird because literally the first entire hour was Schitt's Creek like it was a shitstorm. it was just one hour of Shits creek winners they won so many awards like you know best supporting actress and best uh comedy Se- best actress in a comedy series best actor in a comedy series best directing for a comedy series best writing for a comedy series best supporting actor in a comedy series um just so many awards for Shits creek that it was like just it's just not interesting to watch the ceremony you know because right, at that right. 40 minutes in you're like okay i, I get it everyone likes shit's greek
1: which is the you know, thing though that push it maybe the thing that pushes me over the edge to finally give the show a a third chance
0: same <laughs> same 100% 100% um and then uh there was uh basically watchmen and succession were the other two winners like those uh shows both got a ton of big wins uh succession in particular winning for uh, Best Drama Series, which is like the biggest kind of achievement yeah. there. Uh, my number one boy, Jeremy Strong, winning for playing Kendall in Succession for Best Actor in Drama Series. Uh, and yeah, so a lot of awards for Succession. And a few other notable uh, things. Uh, Zendaya. Zendaya, uh, yes. Won for Best Actress in a Drama Series for Euphoria. Kind of a big Huge, news.
2: Huge yeah. huge. The youngest actor like to, to win that. category and also the second black woman to ever win that category. It's insane. Amazing. Also, everybody, uh, watch Euphoria. Uh, It will not make you feel better about the world, but it is like an astounding piece of filmmaking. So it's a great show. I'm glad it got some love.
0: Yeah. Um, Regina King won uh, for her work in Watchmen. Um, And I I thought she was amazing. That was extremely well-deserved. Plus, uh, Unorthodox picked up a couple of wins as well. Uh, Best directing for a limited series um so that was nice to see uh wasn't sure that that show would get recognized Mm -hmm. um so anyway i i thought overall the winners were uh pretty reasonable like i again i'm not a schitt's creek fan but you know I, i assume that the people know what they're talking about um there were some disappointments though i would say one of the big disappointments is uh better call Saul completely shut out and in my opinion, that is one of the, if not the best show on television right now.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, yeah. So really sad that in a night where you're honoring really good television, the best television show or one of the best was not, was not honored. Um, so huge bummer there. Uh, other interesting thing is that uh, the uh, Academy chose to honor uh, HBO with the most wins. Right. So But uh, Netflix, if you recall, going into the Emmys had the most nominations. Right. So uh, I, I just think it's interesting to reflect on the fact that, like, yeah, wow, Netflix dominating with nominations, but when push comes to shove, it's still HBO taking home most of the uh, the trophies. And it'll be curious to see now that HBO has completely remade itself with HBO Max. They're under a new. They're under the telephone people now. Um, whether they can continue to crank out. High quality programming at the same rate that they were um, you're saying that at this quality. point you
1: think they might start phoning it in Dave
0: <laughs> I'm definitely saying that's a risk Jeff imagine jokes like that for three hours that's that's exactly what I'm trying to
1: describe <sighs> some sort of paradise. <laughs> Anyway. Elysium uh, here on Earth is what I'm describing.
0: Elysium. It's like ambrosia from the gods. <laughs>
2: <laughs> These but are. uh you know. The Blomkamp Camp Elysium. That's what it is.
1: <laughs> the Blomkamp. Camp. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I got Elysium. Yeah, the Blomkamp Camp version. Oh, <laughs>
0: Only other thing that was really curious was, uh, so Apple TV Plus did win some awards. They won uh, Billy Crudup, won uh, Best Supporting Dude, Actor in a Drama deservedly Series.
1: Deservedly so. He is in the awesome show. in that show. He's yeah, so you, good.
0: You liked him in the show? The thing that uh, kind of bummed me out about that category is he was going up against some really amazing folks. Yeah, Giancarlo Esposito from Better Call Saul, Bradley Whitford from The Handmaid's Tale, um, also Mark Duplass from The Morning Show. Ah, uh, Nicholas Braun from Succession, Kieran Culkin from Succession, and uh, Matthew McFadden from Succession, or McFadden. Yeah, I mean, lots I honestly feel like I honestly there. feel like the Succession folks split the vote in this one. Sure. I think yeah. like these guys are also awesome, and uh, then uh, Billy Crudup ended up taking. It. I mean, I'm not saying he wasn't great in it, but I just feel like Succession won so many other awards, you know, yeah. that night that it's like you kind of felt like it, it was like in the bag for Succession, and then Billy Crudup.
1: I mean I could I could have given it to anybody from succession for sure. I I'm, I'm not saying that could deserved it more than they, but he is great. I mean it is not it is not a you know a out of nowhere reward for him. He is he is truly excellent in that show. I mean it really I think even when I talked about it on this podcast I singled him out as being uh, my favorite part of the show. He's so good.
0: You know what Jeff <laughs> You know Jeff one time I got like some some uh, I I had just come from uh, the store the pawn shop and I dropped some some gold on the ground. Um, so you know what I had to do I had to dig some crud up, which is what I'm you like you did in the morning show. Dave, leave it to the
1: professionals. Leave it to the You <laughs> went to the professionals. <laughs> how, how
0: dare you, Jeff? How dare you? I'm I'm trying to yes and you, and you are rejecting. No, you good. You're, you're, no, pulling, I didn't. you're doing the cardinal sin of improv. I right? dug.
1: I did. I definitely dug crud you up. You
0: dug some crud up. That's yeah. what you did as well, right? Yeah.
1: Yeah. The long walk to get there though didn't bear any relevance to what oh, we were oh, talking about. Oh, you mean about. long
0: walk? Like uh, one
2: sentence? You mean the the one sentence walk to get there, Jeff? Is that what you're referring mm-hmm.
1: to? Oh, you know, the excruciating sentence it took to get there. Yeah. Yeah. I'm talking about that one.
2: Hmm. Listen, Dave. Leave it to the president of Elysium. Okay. <laughs> it's not your job. <laughs>
1: time for me to jump in and tell you about our sponsor, Quip. Oh my goodness, do I love my Quip. I have had a Quip 3, actually, in my house for a long, long time. But guess what? There's a brand new Quip. When was the last time you got rewarded for brushing your teeth? With Quip's new smart electric toothbrush, good habits can earn you great perks. Like what? Like free products, gift cards, and more. And I know you've heard me talk about Quip a million times, I love my Quip, but this is brand new. This is rewarding you and your mouth. The Quip smart brush for both adults and kids connects to the Quip app with Bluetooth, and you can track when and how well you brush. You get tips and coaching to improve your habits, and then you earn points for daily brushing and bonus points for completing challenges like streaks. This is going to be perfect for my son, It'll, it'll gamify the process of oral hygiene, and then we can reward that with actual things. You redeem those points for rewards, like free products, like gift cards, like discounts from Quip and Quip's partners. Even if you already have a Quip like me, you can upgrade it with the smart motor and keep the features that you know and love, like the, the gentle bristles, the slim lightweight sleek design, the sonic vibrations, the 2-minute timer and 30-second pulses, all the stuff I love that I've talked about many times before, you still keep that. But you add this new gamification, this this reward system which is so cool. But wait, there's more. Beyond the brush, Quip has everything you need to build a complete routine. Toothpaste, mint or watermelon with Anti-cavity ingredients for strong, healthy teeth, floss that expands to clean, eco-friendly solar battery chargers to power your quip with sunshine, and the refresh bag to bring your good oral care habits with you wherever you go. Plus, you can get that brush head toothpaste floss refills delivered from 5 bucks, and shipping, shipping is free. How smart is that? Pretty wonderful. So start getting rewards for brushing your teeth today. Go to getquip.com slash filmcast right now to get your first refill for free. That's your first refill free at getquip.com slash the word filmcast. That's spelled G E T Q U I P dot com slash F I L M C A S T. Quip better oral health made simple and rewarding.
0: All right, let's move on <laughs> to what we've been watching.
2: <laughs> Asterisk
0: the Blom Camp Elysium.
2: Okay. Hmm. <laughs> <sighs>
0: Uh, all right, so gentlemen, I I watched a bunch of stuff this week. This week, I don't I don't know that I'm even going to be able to talk about it all. Um, but I'll talk about. I'm it looking at your list, Dave, and I am just,
2: just like, man, this guy's got some free time. <laughs> <Huh>. <laughs> yeah, look at uh, look at Dave's list and then look at Jeff's list. <laughs> if only
1: you could figure out which two people have kids. <laughs>
0: for, for those who don't know, like we're looking at the show notes right now, and my list has like five titles (laughs) and their lists each have one. So that's kind of. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Okay.
0: So uh, that's only because I didn't put
1: down the 400 episodes of PJ masks that I also watched and the, (laughs) and the 40th viewing of Zootopia. (laughs) So. Wow. uh, Yeah.
0: So I had a chance to watch the Netflix documentary rising Phoenix. Have you guys seen this? Uh, or Mm-mm. seen seen this on Netflix? Was it served to you as one of the recommendations? Um, I think so now, so Rising Phoenix basically tells stories about athletes at the Paralympic Games. Um, the whole thing is just little profiles of um, of athletes that have have competed at the Paralympic Games, plus like interviews with, with uh, like family members of of the the gentleman that created the Paralympic Games and that's basically the whole the whole movie there's there's some like uh it follows like a couple of instances of the paralympic games um as well that's awesome uh and i'll just say the the movie rising phoenix basically amounts to a glorified commercial of the paralympic games uh you know th- it doesn't at all kind of examine any of the ways in which Olympics uh, are problematic, really, right, right. Um, uh, you know, like not surprising. I, I, I feel like I feel like Olympics have really, like as a concept, like um, have really revealed themselves to be more problematic over the course of the last couple of decades. Mm-hmm. Like we've seen uh, that uh, the Olympic Games create a lot of economic havoc uh, in the. Uh, countries and the cities in which they are held and uh there's a lot of like bad practices that the olympics committee pulls and you know like rampant
1: cheating across multiple countries yeah
0: yeah so there's a lot of issues with the olympic games um and uh, like as a concept uh of which like the paralympic games are not at all the same thing but they are like they're often held in the same cities and um Uh, And one can imagine that they also have uh, issues and challenges, very few of which are actually explored in this film. Mm -hmm. What is explored well in this movie, Rising Phoenix, is you get to hear these people's stories, and the stories are absolutely incredible, right? It's just, uh, and that's one of the things that the movie points out, is like when you see people uh, compete in the Paralympic Games, you just want to know what their stories are, um, because everyone has one. And uh, you get to learn them in this movie and they're extremely fascinating. And I'm like, you know, in tears every five minutes watching this movie because it's so powerful. Like these people have overcome so much stuff that uh, the three of us can't even possibly imagine in order to become successful and to be able to compete in the Paralympic Games. It is absolutely incredible. Not only that, the documentary films them in a way that, makes them beautiful that makes what they are doing beautiful like it just it it is it is an incredible visual you see some of this if you if you look at the marketing for the movie rising phoenix so like if you google it you'll see like you know one of the images is like this woman in the water and she's missing uh one of her legs and uh it's just like you just don't usually see images like that. And that's one of the things that this movie does is like kind of helps to normalize that. But there's something incredibly breathtaking and beautiful about seeing somebody uh, who doesn't have a leg and who is like competing at the top of their like swimming uh, Mm -hmm. at incredibly fast speeds, you know, way faster than uh, of course anything I could do. Right. And just like uh, to know the things they've overcome uh, to get to that point. It's incredibly inspiring. It's very moving. I would really recommend it. Awesome. It's like it just will yeah show you what the human spirit is made of.
1: So, what was yeah. that old documentary from years ago uh, about the wheelchair yeah, basketball Murderball. player? Murder which by so the way so is, good. is so good, a
0: Paralympic sport that is uh, covered in this movie. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. Um, so it's one of the sports the Paralympics. Yeah. Uh, and I, I don't think I've defined the Paralympics, but basically it's uh it's a series of games. Uh, for athletes with a range of disabilities. So um and I I can't list them all here but it's just yeah if you if you google it you'll see that people you know some people are missing limbs and some people have other disabilities and it, they come together and it's incredible the things that they're able to do and oftentimes uh it's like more inspiring than the uh quote unquote normal olympic games. So I I would really I cannot recommend this movie enough. I gave it like 5 stars on Letterbox. It's like just uh, you know, it just reminds, like it, it helps to put things in perspective. It helps to put yeah. things in perspective of, of like, Oh, my life is challenging and I have my own problems. And then you watch this movie and you're like, wow, like a, uh, my life isn't challenging when you compare it to like some of the things these people have gone through and B look at what they were able to overcome and be mm-hmm. incredibly successful and, and incredibly yeah. inspiring. So it's awesome. Check it out. The movie's rising Phoenix. It's available right now on Netflix i decided you know what guys i i have uh I, I i am part of a uh criterion collection uh subscription and i uh-huh. never have used it ever like a single time um really? yeah i never uh, even though i i have access to it i, I have never used it yeah and you i'm just like you know like, what uh
2: you got a lot of time to spend here dave uh i'm surprised <laughs> Um, Well, I'll just say (laughs) during the week, life is very, very challenging and very busy, you
1: know, making a
0: lot of stuff and working. And then during the weekend, I was just complete last week, just completely wrecked me from a, um, you know, just in terms of like how busy I was last week. And so this weekend, I just did nothing except watch movies, which is obviously a privilege I have not having children (laughs) like you guys. So I watched a bunch of stuff on Criterion Collection. Uh, and I'll just I, I'll just mention some of it real quick. Uh, one thing I had a chance to watch is Streetwise. Have you guys heard of this? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a 1984 film uh, that was directed by Martin Bell. This movie is absolutely incredible. It actually takes place in Seattle, and uh, he documents the lives of all these people who are on the street. Uh, these teens, basically, who are on the street and trying to survive. Uh, and they do various things to survive, uh, including uh, prostitution. And it's just amazing what footage this person is able to get and to give insight into like their lives. Uh, it's like really a look at the lives of these people who live on the streets that like, I rarely mm-hmm. s- see in any other form of media. It's an incredible film. Uh, and it just hit Criterion Collection. Uh, I really recommend it. And unfortunately, uh, if you live in Seattle, like many of the issues that are documented i mean c- certainly seattle is much more hospitable to tourists today than it was der- you know in the events depicted in this film mm-hmm. but many of the issues we are still dealing with in seattle like crime drug use etc uh, a lot of uh, homelessness is rampant like i think the governor declared a, a state of emergency for homelessness in seattle recently um, so uh the sorry the city of seattle declared a state of emergency um and, yeah, I, it's, it's unfortunate that, like, it, it is still extremely relevant. But uh, the movie is excellent. It's called Streetwise. It's available in our Criterion Collection. Also had a chance. To, so Albert Brooks's films were added to Criterion yes, Collection.
2: Yes, like a whole collection of them, yeah. A whole, a whole, bunch. A whole
0: bunch of them. A whole bunch of these movies. That, that, and and I'll, I'll be honest, I uh, haven't watched pretty much any of Albert Brooks' films. The last one I can remember watching is Drive, and he didn't direct that one nor write it right <laughs> um i mean he, he was just a supporting character yeah he was a supporting character so uh i actually i, I subscribed to drew mcweeney's uh newsletter and yes. he had he good praised, newsletter by the way it is yeah, great worth, newsletter. uh yeah. worth following yeah friend of the show and former slash film cast guest drew, drew mcweeney uh great newsletter and um formerly dangerous by the way is the name of the newsletter and uh, he recommended albert brooks's movies so I started watching some of the the Albert Brooks's movies, and I realized I I can't get through some of these movies because the, the main really? character the main character played by Albert Brooks is so deeply unlikable that I'm just like no I I can't I can't do that. I can't immerse myself in this I, world. I was about
2: to say, Dave, are you relating to these movies?
0: Because oh, for sure. uh... a for sure it hits a little too close to home. But B, it's like hey I already spend enough time in my head, Divindra. <laughs> I don't need to watch it it, it on screen. So many Um, of them are
2: like pre-Curb Your Enthusiasms, but without the, like, uh, you know. It's very, yeah, it's very similar to Curb
0: Your Enthusiasm. But the one that I was able to get through uh, with no problems at all was, and and let me just say, I'm not at all impugning the quality of these movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Obviously, many people revere these movies. I'm not at all impugning. It's just like, it just wasn't what I wanted at this point in my life. Um, he, he is but, a,
2: a tough presence to live with for a couple hours in a lot of... Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I,
0: intentionally so, I think. Yeah. you know I think he's intention- he intentionally plays off-putting characters a lot of the time. Um, so anyway, I, I did watch Lost in America, which I thought was extremely enjoyable. Uh, I don't know if you guys know what the premise of this movie is. I'm going to give away the premise. It's basically Albert Brooks and his wife, Julie Haggerty, uh, they... Are, are yuppies who work in LA and they're like living um, the dream. You know, yeah. We're, we're, we've been in the rat race for so long. Let's sell everything buy a motor home and just motor across the country. And d- who, and who
2: has life. not like had that idea? You know, it's people like are doing that. Movie. People are yeah. doing that a lot
1: in, in now in COVID land because, mm-hmm. uh, I have several friends that did that exact thing. They just decided to sell our house and we're going to get a motor home and we're just going to live off the land. Cause you can get, satellite internet on your motorhome and that's all you need
0: right right and what is awesome is that uh the that is the premise of the movie and nothing that happens afterwards <laughs> is predictable like <laughs> it, you you, I, you think to yourself oh yeah. that's I, I know how this movie's gonna play out like they're gonna have wacky hijinks wacky hijinks are gonna ensue they're gonna learn important lessons about themselves and the country uh it none of it plays out as you think it will And, uh, it's, there are many, many extended hilarious scenes in this movie. Uh, and as somebody who myself has been, you know, in the corporate world for a really long time, it's obviously been a fantasy for me to like, you know, do something, uh, drastic and like, Hey, live off the land for a little bit or do something like that. And, uh, movies like this helped like kind of hold a mirror up to your desires and be like, is this, is this who you are? And by the way, it doesn't exactly work out exactly like these people want it to, you know? Um, so I valued it both as an intellectual exercise and it's just a very entertaining film. Julie Haggerty's like delight. a good
2: one to watch yeah. right now, too, by the way. Just in like, I'm sure we're all having that idea of just like going, leaving the confines of where we are, even though it's probably not safe to do that. But hey, we all want to.
0: Yeah, indeed, indeed. Can I talk to you guys about following? Can I talk yes. to you guys about following? Jeff,
1: talk to me. Talk to me you about seen, following. Have you seen following. No.
0: Yeah. Um. Do you mind if I tell you about? Are you ever going to watch following? Do you Do you want me to not spoil following? I cannot spoil. No. That go ahead. Following is Christopher Nolan's first film. It's also available on Criterion Channel. And I watched it for the first time. I was like, uh, I, I'd always been intrigued by the premise, but obviously yeah, Christopher yeah. Nolan had made lots of other movies, and so uh, I felt I felt like, oh, well, whatever he's made subsequently. Um, has he's probably already refined his talent so much. There's no need to go back to the first thing. Uh, but Hey, I really wanted to just exploit my criteria and subscription. So I watched following this week and I have to say I was quite impressed with it. Uh, following is about a guy, a board writer who starts following random strangers, uh, and just to see what happens with them. He's like, I
2: want to know what happens with these people. Like what, what are their lives like? Um, such a straightforward premise too, because I feel like anybody who is bored and people watches has that idea, you know, or at least like follow, like creates stories for people walking by. This guy just stalks them, I yeah, guess. Which it, is kind it's of a great, great, it's yeah. a great premise. And then mm-hmm. uh, one guy catches
0: on and confronts him. He like sits down next to him and he's like, "Who are you and why are you following me?" And then the guy, you know, the the guy the, the guy that's following, is like, "Uh, I, I I don't know. I'm not following you." And he's like, "He's like, okay, well, tell me why you're following me." And then, uh it turns out like the guy he's following is a thief and he, the thief invites the original dude to go on these thieving quests with him to like show him what his life is like. Um, and, uh, but then it turns out maybe the thief guy like wanted to ensnare this guy all along. And anyway, there's all this like interesting, uh, plot twisty stuff. That, a twisty uh, narrative you say. Twi- yeah. It's, it's a lot of stuff that, that, uh, Christopher Nolan would refine as his career went on. Um, non-linear story. Uh, The movie is in black and white. It's shot in four by three aspect ratio. Apparently the greatest, the movie was made for basically no money. I think it was like $10,000. It looks
2: like a student film in many
0: ways. In many ways, yeah. yeah. The actors are like, uh, you know, fairly solid for like this low budget of a film. But apparently like they did tons of rehearsals so that they could execute every scene with only like two takes because the 16 millimeter film was a huge expense. Yeah, this was back when Christopher Nolan had to worry about how much 16 millimeter film cost, as opposed to he's just dictating the size of the next IMAX camera, like by fiat. Um, Reshaping
2: the industry, sending people back into
0: theaters. (laughs) Yeah, sending people back into (laughs) theaters. He can command people to go back into theaters now. That's, uh, you know, that's that's how far he's come. I uh, I
2: watched this a couple of years ago, Jeff or Dave, and it's uh, it is astounding to watch this movie. And then think of like just ten years later, what is this guy doing? Yeah, you know, just yeah, like it's, the, it's really the progress is insane.
0: I'll say that uh, it's it's still rather an, an enjoyable film. I still I still quite like it. Again, um, it's super low budget, uh, and you know the the actors don't have necessarily the gravitas, quite the gravitas yeah. that you want. I love the thief guy, but some of the other actors are not quite you know i mean christopher nolan works with literally the best actors in the world now so like just comparing it to that is obviously a big come down um and some of like the basic film production things like for instance full lead sound you know like there's just like <laughs> there's, there's no like full lead sound in this movie or there's some scenes where like oh man this is missing huge sound effects that would be hu- helpful here uh so, but it's interesting to see. It's interesting to see. And um, the, the thief character is named Cobb. And obviously there'd be a, a character later in one of his bigger movies that would be named Cobb as well. So it's just interesting to, see, interesting to see where these kind of ideas come from and how they evolve over time. So that's what I've been watching this week. I've been watching Following and uh, uh, Lost in America um, and also... Um, Streetwise. Streetwise, all available
2: on Criterion Collection. How about you, Devendra? What have you been watching? Oh, I got to check out a bit of Woke, which is the new Hulu series uh, created by Keith Knight, the cartoonist. And it's sort of like um, it's a show that's based on an incident in his life because he's known as like a, you know, a woke, politically active cartoonist. Like, he, you know, he makes things with statements. And I believe it was like 20 years ago or something. He was up uh, putting up posters for for his artwork And the cops just, like, you know, knocked him to the ground and got very aggressive with him, you know, because they thought they thought he was somebody who was just recently reported, you know, having stolen something. So he had this huge, you know, police violence confrontation, and that kind of reshaped him. The series starts with that idea. Um, It is, you know, a young cartoonist played by Lamorne Morris, who that that same incident happens to him and he goes from being a guy who is just making fun cute cartoons to something that's trying to have a statement so i I feel like you kind of know what the show is going to be because it's called woke and because it's dealing with police violence and you know really weighty concepts but it's a lot of fun in a in a surprising way it really reminds me of wonderfalls the great brian fuller show from uh it was like the early two thousands, uh, directed, you know, um, yeah, created by Brian Fuller, who has gone to do many, many great things. But like Wonderfalls, inanimate objects start talking to him after the police violence incident and really try to get him to educate himself and just start thinking deeper, more deeply about systemic racism and the issues he's dealing with in society and the issues you know other Black people have to face in America too. So it's a show that kind of juggles. You know, really, really funny bits, but weighty concepts. I think it's really good. I'm mainly watching it because of Lamor Morris, who I think is tremendous. He was great in New Girl. I don't feel like New Girl ever really let him stretch his capabilities. And I feel like he's doing a lot more here. It is a show that feels like it's made for this moment. But it almost feels like um, it was more meant for last year rather than this year. Because this year, it seems like the idea of wokeness and people being more aware of the trouble with the cops and, you know, everything black people in America have to face every day, I think a lot of that is more known because of the Black Lives Matter protests and because of so many things that are happening right now. They couldn't have predicted that, you know, when they were developing the show. So it feels like a little behind in that respect, but uh, it's still good. It's still worth watching. It's genuinely funny. So check it out.
0: So the show is woke and it is available right now on mm-hmm. Hulu. Yes.
1: Time to jump in here and tell you about our sponsor ruined ruined is a new horror movie podcast hosted by Hallie Kiefer and Alison Leiby, where Hallie, a horror movie aficionado ruins horror movies for her friend, Allison, who is too afraid to watch them herself, but is dying to know everything about the plot. The show includes fun segments where Holly asks Allison to guess the twist, or what would you do? And at the end of every episode, they weigh in on whether scaredy cats can actually watch the movie Scream Free, or if they're right to skip the scaries altogether and head right to the Wikipedia description for spoilers. So if you love horror movies or are way too afraid to watch them, or if you're just a film nerd, this is the podcast for you. The first three episodes are available now, and they cover the ring, Babadook, and Candyman, check out Ruined wherever you get your podcasts.
0: Jeff Canada, what have you been watching this week?
1: Well, I did watch something uh, to make sure to be able to talk about it. And then I realized uh, after the fact that uh, I can't talk about it yet. I got a screener for something. So ah. I'll have to wait until next week to talk about it. Uh, but I'm kind of looking forward to talking about it. I you it. I can't even
2: reveal what it is. I think Uh, I may know it's the thing that you're talking about, but okay. Okay. Looking forward to that, Jeff.
1: No, I'm really curious. It's it's not that big of a deal. Don't make it into a bigger deal than it is. It's just, uh, it'll be an interesting discussion next week. Uh, But, you know, I just want to point out, I didn't just watch one thing this week. But (laughs) the one thing that I did watch, have you guys watched... Raised by Wolves yet on not HBO yet. Max. This is the I, Ridley Scott sci-fi oh, series. Oh, don't right? say that. I wish you hadn't said that. I wish you hadn't said that. Because I did not know that when I was when I was going in. I did not know Dude, that. I mean all and the I marketing. Think marketing context, kind of we were, come on, Jeff.
2: Yeah. yeah we gotta draw the line somewhere. Yeah. And Ridley Scott's first. I, well, TV, I was gonna make a point
1: about it. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna make a point about it because yeah. um, I think if you if I had known that, I probably would have been thinking prometheus and sure, sure alien and all these things in my head which, which I are did all not.
2: evident from the trailer for this show but yeah yeah but and even the poster it, I, too yeah it
1: was so great i mean i understand it's frustrating to you guys that i would say that but i i was going to make a point about the fact that it was it was a shock to me at the end to see his <laughs> name come up <laughs> because and i'm so glad because yeah, just, I that's didn't. not
2: supposed to be a spoiler just saying <laughs> i'm just saying it's okay let's just let's just, let's just talk about yeah it. Go, it. go go ahead
1: i'm just trying to express the fact that there is baggage that his name brings yes i i this it's like it's this is an hbo max original this is not an hbo show it's hbo max which already to me feels like a A step down in some weird way, right? They they all the
2: dials to Max instead of just HBO.
1: Yeah. Well, I didn't. I didn't have the expectation of a like full HBO show. You know, like right, right, right. I would. It was a genuine surprise that he would be involved because Mm -hmm. it's not because I didn't expect. Oh, you know, it's going to be a triple A talent. I feel like the triple A talent stuff is on HBO, not HBO (laughs) Max. And well, this also is not, just me. not just
2: involved, but directing it, which is he has never done before. This is his first right. TV project that he's directed. So first that's
1: two episodes, and I think I don't know who Luke Scott is, but I'm going to guess it's his son because <laughs> Luke Scott directs several yes, episodes. That too. is correct. His that's co- how the um, son is, Luke Scott. Yeah, that's how yeah.
2: Hollywood works. Jeff, come on.
1: Oh, I'm aware of that. Uh, I just didn't want to assume it was his kid, but it sounds like it's his kid. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, so I. I saw, based on hashtag slash tag, which of course we should mention every single episode because it's it's worked out so brilliantly. Somebody whose name I should have remembered even <laughs> built even built a uh, yeah, a yeah. little bit, bit of code that scrapes slash tag or hashtag slash tag and compiles it in a document, and now you can even have a new iOS widget. Based ah. on hashtag yeah, yeah. Slash well, tag, let, let, let's,
0: let's talk about it. So just to be clear, to recommend a show to the Slash Filmcast and all of its listeners, uh, just use the hashtag slash tag on Twitter, right? And uh, Mike Constantino, who is from the uh, Slack Filmcast, built a website, hashtag Slashtag.com, that so cool. scrapes all of people who did this and then puts it onto a website. So you can actually go to hashtag slash tag.com and see all the recommendations that people have.
1: So All of the recommendations to us and also a few people that are recommending something about the guitarist slash, because that's in there too, for some reason. Uh, people are using that hashtag slash tag for that. Uh, but I want to shout out, the reason I brought that up, is to shout out action figure nerd on Twitter who recommended Raised by Wolves. Uh, as I do now regularly, I sat down on my couch, pulled up hashtag slash tag, and browsed through to see what I would watch. And I d- jumped into this having not heard anything about it. I clicked on it and started watching it. Obviously, didn't know the one thing that's obvious to everyone, but it, I just am really pleased that I didn't have that baggage because I think a lot of people are like, okay. Th- let's Prometheus this up, you know? Yeah,
2: yeah. Let's anyway. do this again with, uh, yeah, so many similar yes. concepts, yeah.
1: And I'm so glad I didn't because the experience of watching the first episode of Raised by Wolves absolutely blew me away. I think that first episode is a masterpiece. It is one of the best things I've watched all year. I I was floored by the first episode of Raised by Wolves. It is the kind of sci-fi you just really don't see very much anymore. Really dense, really challenging, really out there. Big, big, big ideas. It, it, it takes huge swings, but it's also clear allegory. You know, really relevant to humanity and parenting, and like it's just so crunchy and good. At oh man. And really surprising, it takes some big turns. I'm told that there are trailers that reveal uh, a lot of the third act of the first episode, which is a major bummer to me because it came out of nowhere for me. And I was on the edge of my friggin' seat. And I also was like, how does a show look this good? And then of course the name comes up at the end and I go, oh, well, that's why. But uh, it, is, <laughs> yeah. it is exquisitely shot. Uh, the ideas are... Gobsmacking and really cool. I mean, it's the kind of sci-fi that I grew up reading in books, right? Like really, really dense, like big, big ideas. You don't see that very much on TV and, and movies anymore. You don't, you don't really see that kind of thing. It's all, you know, sci-fi is very um, you know, black mirror and and it, it is like, and and I like that stuff. I'm not disparaging it. It's just really amazing to see this. Outside the box, really far future, like really big ideas stuff, and um, the world building is fantastic. Like how it brings you in, all of the all of the tech is wild. It is, I, I can't say enough about Raised by Wolves. I've been I've been recommending it to everyone. I don't know why everyone isn't talking about it. This feels like the next Game of Thrones, the next Succession, the next like you have to watch this show show. And I've, I've watched uh, four episodes now. I think there's only seven in the first season. Um, it's, it continues to wow me. Uh, I, I just think it is visually, it's unbelievable. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, I, you guys have to watch Raised by Wolves. It's fantastic.
0: All right. Raised by Wolves is available right now on HBO Max. Sorry, Jeff, I didn't mean to, you know, not present it in the way you wanted to, but I think- no, men- I, I get it. For I mean, many it people, makes sense. For many people, mentioning it, it's a Ridley Scott movie or a show is a plus, you know? Like, no, it I might just actually wanted motivate to, them to watch it.
1: My plan was to set it up in a way that is like, you know, it's it may be crazy that I didn't know this about the thing, but here's my experience with it. And then you could say, okay, well, if you don't want to know either, but I'm going to say it's Ridley Scott, you know? But I, like, that. it's wild to me, like normally I wouldn't avoid that, right? I wouldn't I wouldn't avoid who's making a thing. I don't consider that a spoiler per se, but I wanted to relate my experience of, of seeing the show without that knowledge, I think was dramatically different than if I had gone, all right, I'm gonna sit down and watch sure. the next Ridley sure. Scott show. You know, it was it was I was so impressed with the thing on so many levels. I think I would have just been expecting a certain level of quality and not been so impressed by it, but also I would have been like. I mean, I think a lot of people think it it has ties to Prometheus in some way yeah, because yeah, some yeah. of the visuals are very similar. Um, I think it's pretty clear it doesn't, but um, but I'm glad I was. I'm glad there wasn't a little voice in my head who was constantly asking those questions as I was watching it.
0: All right, that's Raised by Wolves. It's available mm-hmm. right now on HBO Max. Check it out there. Let's thank people who donated to the Slash Filmcast this week. We got to thank new donors at the rate of $2 a month, Jason Eberly and Kevin Lockwood. Thanks so much for your contributions. Thanks so much to Peter R. from Holmdel, New Jersey. Peter R. writes in this email. This, This email is on deep cuts, guys, okay? Peter R. writes in, uh, just sent a small contribution and only a tiny payback for hours of entertainment. You guys have provided. I have followed Dave Chen across multiple podcasts. He is steady, skeptical, and solid. Devendra has an awesome, fresh attitude, New York city, the Georgia way to stay positive. And Jeff, man, you crack me up. I always picture you struggling to get your massive TV on the wall in simpler times. I was in tears. <laughs> let's put, let's pause there for a moment.
2: That's a good story. <laughs> that, yeah. That's a
0: story where Jeff bought an 80 inch TV and basically you couldn't get it up on the wall yourself, right? Like you, that's or correct. even Get it, yeah. get
2: it up, get it up my, the well, stairs into your apartment. Right. <laughs> that's right. Recall.
1: Yeah. The guy, the guy refused the delivery guy. I, I ordered specifically ordered the, what they referred to as the white glove, the delivery white glove service. service. Mm, yeah. 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 And his white yeah. ass gloves would not move that thing <laughs> off, more than just off the truck. Right. Wow. Um, yeah. So, and, and it just happened to be a time when my wife was out of town for the weekend. It, it, it arrived and I, uh, I managed to get a buddy to bring it, or I can't remember exactly how it worked, but maybe somebody in my building or something like helped me get it into my house. And then I had it in you know, its giant cardboard box, took the cardboard box off of it, was so excited, realized that I needed to put the stand on it in order to, you know, because they come without the stand on them. So I laid it forward onto its face on my Couch. I had a big L-shaped couch, laid it forward onto my couch, screwed the base into the the, the stand, into the bottom of it, and then realized that if I attempted to (laughs) lean it back up, the weight of this thing on the edges of the stand would snap those little fuckers right off. So I I had this situation where I had an 80-inch television sitting on my L couch just... Useless. I was just—it was taking up my whole couch. I couldn't. I I couldn't. It wasn't that it was too heavy for me to move. It was that right, I couldn't right. get my arms around it in yeah, any yeah. configuration that I could get a grip and get any leverage on it. Anyway. Pro Pr- Pr- tip for every listener,
2: by the way. Uh, yeah, if you're dealing with uh, any TV above fifty-five inches, get 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 some help because you yeah, have get, to put those help. things screen down. And that is scary. That is so scary. You don't want to do that by yourself. So I'm surprised, Jeff, man.
1: Yeah, it was it was, it was was quite the weekend. And then I finally called a friend and he came over and and it was like, it took four seconds to get it back, you know, up on the thing. <laughs> but it, it just needed two people, you know, yeah, it just needed yeah, two yeah. people. Well, so I'm not, not only up. did
2: you have an 80-inch TV you couldn't see, Jeff, you uh, you couldn't even sit on your couch. You had nothing. That's right. Yeah, it I, took was, everything I was ousted. Yeah,
1: I couldn't be in my living room at all. I was just like, there's no point in being in my living room. It's not... <laughs>
2: I'm glad
0: it all worked out for you, Jeff. I'm glad it all worked out.
1: Anyway. These are definitely definitely first world problems. (laughs)
0: To continue Peter R's uh, email, Peter writes in, quick shout out to Dave's suggestion from a while ago to rent out a theater. In central New Jersey, Cinemark has opened up booking your own private theater for new releases. I caught the film that shan't be named for fear of your filters. 20 guests in a 100 seat high end suburbia theater, reclining seats, pretty good digital film and sound. They seemed to be doing the best they could to keep it clean. Only had about 15 of my group, and we took separate spaces, mostly wiping seats down. $150 for private theater seemed very reasonable, if a bit desperate. I found it surprising the concession stand was open full blast at reduced prices with popcorn open, as always. Impossible to keep my kids from that, um, away from that, but on some level, I've accepted that we have to go back out, hoping you guys get to that place and can catch that flick. I'm desperate for your takes, as it helps me to formulate mine. Best and keep up the great work. Donating to you guys is cheaper than a therapist.
1: It's Pete from New Jersey. <laughs> you know what, I don't even I don't even want to see Tenet anymore, you know?
2: Eh, yeah. It's a stupid over it. movie. It's a
1: stupid it's a, movie. I don't even care Dump. anymore.
2: God.
0: I here's what is scary. We should like have a bet on this. This this can be like in place of a summer movie wager is is there any like I I have read speculation that uh Warner Brothers could just drop Tenet on HBO Max. Just like That'd be awesome. Surprise no. drop. I I don't think it's going to happen no. because yeah. they, there's so much money they could extract from doing it as like a video on demand sale. But can you imagine how baller that would be to just draw like one day, Hey, it's on HBO max. You know, like it, It like so many people would sign up for HBO max if, if they did that. Right. Sure. I think um, so. Yeah, probably. But, uh, that said, apparently like I, I, there's very few people I've heard from that's like the movie is amazing. Right. Yeah. Like, I don't know what yeah, you guys are yeah. hearing, but
1: like, yeah. It it is certainly it seems certainly more likely that they would drop it on HBO Max and then you would need a subscription to HBO Max and then also thirty dollars. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they,
2: they looked at
0: Disney and we're like, hmm. They could pull a Disney. Yeah. They could pull a yeah. Mulan. Yeah. Um, but uh yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, it's it's still yeah. not a good situation out there. We talked about this last week, so we don't I don't want to reiterate too much of it, but just that like uh a, a lot of people are saying ironically, um you know, Christopher Nolan may have, t- have helped like accelerate the death of movie theaters because Tenet is doing so badly, right? Like, so it, it has scared off all these other movies. All these other movies are like, nope, we're not releasing this year. People are not ready to go back to movie theaters. Yeah. Yeah. Have, have you guys
2: considered drive-ins, by the way, to see this eventually? Not
0: See, yeah, I actually thought about it, but the problem is I would get a better viewing experience at home.
2: Yes, oh, I most agree. most definitely.
0: drive suck, but it's the only way to <laughs> no, see it right they, now. they don't yeah. su- they don't suck. You can actually have a good time, but like for a movie like this which I assume
2: is going to make for the, fidelity. Yes. Yeah, for, for you're the looking, looking of, through like, the, uh, yeah.
1: you're looking through your dirty ass car windshield and yeah. you know what I mean? It's like, it, yeah. it's not great.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And the sound, the sound will never be never, never. be up to stuff. Right. And
1: yeah. yeah, I yeah. I mean, I would rather they make it at home at this point, but it's funny to me I, I keep getting emails from AMC being like, "Hey, we're back!" And then, like, uh, like th- <laughs> two hours later, I'll get, "Oh, sorry, we sent you that email. Uh, not your location. Not 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 where you are. Sorry, we yeah. said that inadvertently to you. We, your location's not even yeah. remotely there's yeah, no." I, I love
2: how presumptuous those emails are, by the way, because they're like, "We're giving you the freedom to re-enable your a list subscription whenever you want." We're so <laughs> yeah. great, so generous. don't you just love AMC? So
0: generous, so generous, but yeah, um, not not great. Uh, h- h- what's been going on there? And uh, New York and L.A. still, the theaters are not open, right? Like it's right. That's that's the point. Two, yeah, that's two, like, two two like, of AMC the biggest keeps... markets in the country are not open yet. So yeah. uh, anyway, all right. Uh, also, we got to thank Shannon McErlean who writes. Uh, Who donated and writes, hi guys, funny to hear Jeff mentioned Kirk Cameron last week when discussing Assassin 33 AD. I've been listening to the Slash Filmcast for about five years when I thought, darn it, I've only been imagining what these three dudes look like when I don't actually know. Anyway, while I cannot remember how I envisaged Dave and Devindra to look, I always imagined Jeff's voice to have matched Kirk Cameron's face. Lo and behold, when I finally looked up (laughs) Jeff on the Internet, you could have knocked me down with a feather when I came to realize that Jeff doesn't look that much different to the very man himself, Kirk Cameron. This is what? not a very interesting story, but it's true all the same.
2: I don't That's see that. From but I'm gonna take it as a compliment,
1: that. but I don't take I don't see that at all. It's a very you know? different
2: but, shape, like face shape. Yeah.
1: I think if you if you're talking about characters from Growing Pains, I'm much closer to boners to bone than I am <laughs> to, <laughs> to Kirk Cameron. You guys all remember boners to bone, right? I can't say uh, I do, Jeffrey. I no. can't say I do. What? Maybe before before my time. Oh, how dare you. I
2: barely remember that show. I remember the theme song, and I think that's it.
1: All right. Here's what I want you to do I want everyone to go to Google, turn safe I'm search off. This. Turn safe search off and <laughs> Google Boner Stabone. I'm then the listening here for, for what...
2: Richard Milhouse Stabone.
1: <laughs> I guess boner so
2: was the nickname.
1: Okay. Growing pains. Look at him. He looks like me.
2: Uh, this is not mm, this looks there's Jeff, nothing Jeff. like you, Jeff. It's, okay, this is let, not let even close. Um,
1: He's like a Italian kid, you know, like that's me.
2: This is not, you, you there's not a good You look more to like Kirk Cameron than you look like this guy, Jeff. Let me let me just say this before we wind down the section the actor who played Bonus <laughs> to Bone was found dead in a Vancouver park in 2010. So, thanks a lot, Jeff.
0: Oh, oh lot. I didn't mean to, I didn't mean sad, to Jeff, do that. Thanks. Wow, oh,
2: okay, all right. Shout out to well, Bonus to Bone. I do yeah. remember. I remember this face from the show, yeah. from what I saw. Oh, yeah. All right. Uh,
0: well, anyway, I just like how Shannon's email ends. This is not a very interesting story, but it's true all the same. Basically how I close all of my stories. Um, but <laughs> if you want to support the Slash Filmcast, <laughs> you can go to paypal.me filmcast. That's paypal.me slash the word filmcast or go to slashfilm.com, click on the Slash Filmcast tab. Use the PayPal links from the side of the page. Of course, you can only support us for no money. Just go to the slash filmcast uh apple podcast section and write a review for us or a star rating. It really does help us to stand out from the thousands of other movie podcasts that are out there.
1: Hey, let me jump into the podcast right here and tell you about our sponsor. This is a sponsor that actually is perfect for 2020 and all of the stress that I've been dealing with. My wife and I actually both have used Better Help. That's better H E L P. Because if there's something interfering with your happiness or preventing you from achieving your goals, why not work on it with a professional licensed therapist? That's right. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with one of those, a licensed professional therapist. You can start communicating in under 48 hours. This is not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's a professional counselor. It's done securely and it's online. And there's a broad range of expertise available, which may not be locally available. You actually get access to people in a much broader range, it's wider circle, because you're dealing online and you don't have to go anywhere. You don't have to visit an office. It can all be done locally. it all be done on the internet anytime. You can log into your account anytime, send a message to your counselor anytime. You get a timely and thoughtful response. Plus, you can spe- schedule weekly video or phone sessions so you don't ever have to sit in a waiting room to to do this. It's great. BetterHelp has been committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches. They make it easy and free to change counselors if you need. And it's more affordable than traditional offline counseling. And financial aid is also available. Like I said, my wife and I have both uh, taken advantage of this. And BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today. Visit their website and read the testimonials. You don't even have to take my word for it. Visit betterhelp.com slash filmcast. That's Better H-E-L-P, and join the over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. In fact, so many people have been using BetterHelp that they are recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. So, because you listen to the Slash Filmcast, you can get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com/filmcast. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P.com/f-i-l-m-c-a-s-t, BetterHelp.com slash Filmcast. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P dot com slash F-I-L-M-C-A-S-T, BetterHelp.com. Slash Filmcast.
0: All right, gents, let's get to weekly plugs.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: This is weird. I wanted them to be super excited. Rods, reels, and romance. So good. We're texting no, 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 no. each other furiously.
0: I love that uh, you did that unsolicited. Let me tell you, take mm-hmm. it away. Takes a lot to get us to furiously
1: text. So good. Unsolicited. No, 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 no. All over the place. So, so, good. so good. So good. Let the internet have its way. Plugs. Plugs.
0: Plugs. plugs. we'll cut we we might cut it down
1: (laughs) that's the best part of that that's the best part of that gets me every time every time (laughs) yeah
0: so good here's what i love about the weekly plugs is it becomes more incomprehensible the further away we are from the episode where we recorded all those sound clips you just have no idea what we're even referring to at this point um but anyway thanks to noah ross and also thomas medina for that remix um Weekly plugs. Uh, So a couple weeks ago, we talked about a movie called Class Action Park on HBO Max. Uh, Jeff uh, sang its praises. You really liked that movie, right, Jeff?
1: I did, yeah. I thought it was fun. I had a chance to interview
0: one of the directors of Class Action Park over on one of my other podcasts, Culturally Relevant. Check that out uh, on Apple Podcasts, wherever your podcast can be downloaded, or culturallyrelevantshow.com. Had a great time talking with Seth Porges about his movie, class action park and the movie itself is pretty cool as well so anyway that's my weekly plug this week how about you Devinger Hardwar? hardware what's your weekly plug
2: uh so i woke up this morning and just some little news just passed <laughs> by my feed that doesn't affect my life or my job at all but uh microsoft announced that they would be buying ZeniMax media which is the company that owns bethesda and arcane yeah, and, 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 and the first Id.
0: place i turn the first place i tune into for all my video game news is Jeff Kanata's DLC podcast cuz it's like true video, true he's covers video game news like uh, quite quite yeah. efficiently at that at that rate so Promptly. of course like if you, if you said hey choose Jeff or Davindra to cover this video game news i would have said Jeff 10 times out of 10 because Jeff's the one that's covering the video game news right
1: yeah. this is Jeff's mm-hmm. bread and butter yeah i get it and and then you probably looked at your your podcast feed and you went oh my gosh what timing there's a brand new episode of DLC that just hit <laughs> It was it was amazing, and then it's of serendipity. course
0: serendipity, and then of course you realize it was recorded before the biggest video game news of the year,
1: <laughs> mere hours,
0: mere hours. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: Microsoft acquiring ZeniMax. This is huge. This is basically the video yeah. game equivalent of uh, Disney
2: buying uh, Marvel and Lucasfilm. True, sure. it's a right? nuclear like, bomb. It's a yeah. nuclear bomb. It's insane. So an- anyway, the news is crazy. I wrote up a piece about just kind of an analysis of it, but. My thoughts that it's great for Xbox Game Pass, which I think is one of the best subscriptions out there for for gaming, for anything. It's such a great deal. Um, I am worried about how Microsoft is going to start treating exclusives and I explore that all at, at Engadget. So go check out my piece there. It's called uh, Microsoft's Bethesda Deal, Great for Game Pass, Troubling for Exclusives.
0: And as always, we're going to link to all our weekly plugs in the show notes. Jeff Canada, what's your weekly plug?
1: Yeah, definitely check out the DLC podcast in a week when we talk about that stale-ass news from a a week ago. (laughs) Anyway, Uh, (laughs) uh, frequent listeners to the Slash Film cast will be aware that uh, in duress, I nevertheless make a limerick for every movie that we review here on the show. And it has come to my attention that there might be other people who are interested in my limericks. So I have been selling them on Cameo.com. Cameo is an app that you can get on your phone or a website you can visit that has a bunch of uh, like, you know, B, C, D level celebrities. And then all the way down to, you know, me. Um, and I'm, I'm on there selling, the, selling my wares, selling my limericks. I like to tell my, my family now I'm a professional poet. By definition.
0: You're a poet, and you didn't even know it, Jeff.
1: Yeah, but my feet show it. They're long fellows. Hey, let me give you a sample. Uh, if you go to cameo.com slash Jeff Canada now, you can see some of the limericks that I have delivered to happy customers. I've actually gotten quite a few, uh, a number of five-star reviews, and also a bunch of uh, wonderful, grateful uh, responses. People saying that actually brought them to tears, some of them. I'm not exaggerating. I'm, I'm really kind of... um touched that that is the case. But here is the uh, the top result that you can currently find at cameo.com slash Jeff Kanata. This was uh, purchased by Tim for Bryant. Uh, Timothy, I should say, for Bryant. Uh, and this is what Timothy said to me. He said, uh, my buddy Bryant is turning 34. We're longtime slash film cast fans. He always loves your reviews. He's a big, fast, and the furious action fan. We don't always agree on particulars, but we share a love for movies you love a birthday greeting. And here is what I wrote. Uh, you and Kyle don't always agree on a film's basic quality, but like Dom Toretta, each year you get better. Happy birthday. Hashtag family. <laughs> this is the quality you can expect from a, a bespoke limerick from, from me over at Cameo.com slash Jeff Canada. I don't know if I can
0: stomach that butchering of Dominic Toretto's name, Jeffrey. You know? I don't know. I don't
1: know how I feel about that one. You don't think he in the movie is like, uh, Dom Toretto. Dom Toretto. <laughs> <laughs> All right.
0: Check out Jeff's uh, Jeff Cameo slash limericks at uh, cameo.com slash Jeff Cannata. Those are our weekly plugs this week. Let's get to our review of The Devil All the Time. Happy birthday, Arlene. Happy birthday,
1: honey! Happy birthday to you. Well, this was your daddy's. Brought back from the war. I figure it's time to pass it on. It's the best person I ever got. Thank you.
0: How and why people from two points on a map without even a straight line between them can be connected is at the heart of our story and knock them stiff.
2: You ever think about how we ended up orphans living in the same house? I know what my daddy did.
0: Some people would say it's just dumb luck.
2: You take pictures?
0: I do.
1: I see a smile pretty enough to photograph, that is.
0: Others would tell you it was God's plan. All right, that's from the trailer for The Devil All the Time, the newest film written and directed by Antonio Campos, and it was uh, based on the novel by Donald Ray Pollock. This movie's cast is absolutely incredible. You got Batman. You got Spider-Man. You got Pennywise the Clown. You got uh, Alice These in are Wonder their official Land.
2: names now, by the way. Yeah. Uh, they don't have normal names.
0: You so, got yeah. uh, the Winter Soldier. You got John Connor. <laughs> you even have Dudley Dursley, guys. Dudley Dursley's in this movie. Uh, so, incredible cast. You got a director who has made some critically acclaimed movies. It's hit in Netflix. It's based on a, a novel that is well-regarded. So...
2: Let's start with you, Divendra Hardar. What did you
0: think of the devil all the time, baby?
2: It uh, yeah, definitely felt like the devil a lot, a lot of the time. Uh, I feel like the first half of <laughs> well, this movie. Well said, Divendra. <laughs> I I don't know. I I felt like I I was things are bad. I I guess that's what this movie is going for. I f- spent the first half of this movie. Um just really perplexed by a lot of what I was seeing. I guess like you need some of that character building work, but I feel like this movie doesn't really begin until Tom Holland appears and until Robert Pattinson appears. And it's like it's nearly an hour before that happens. So I feel like that kind of confused me. Um this movie strikes me as something akin to like what the Coens would do except without their sense of humor and without their perspective on humanity in a way, because this is a movie about, you know, bad things happening to people um, in West Virginia and around that area. And um, it's, it's dealing with uh, religion and how we, you know, I don't know the power of belief and how it can be cor- corrupted or something. It seems a bit all over the place in terms of what it's trying to be. I think the core story of Tom Holland as a kid who has a very messed up past and is dealing with all these demons and, you know, is basically Batman in a way. He's like a teenage Batman. No, 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 no. Against, You're
1: confused. He's Spider-Man. He's clearly Spider-Man. Yeah. The uh, other guy's Batman. I know it's easy uh, to get confused, but he's Spider-Man.
2: He's he basically a teenage Batman at a certain point who goes up and beats up people, uh, you know, including the the real Batman, the official Batman.
1: You know, yeah, as Batman's in the movie. I, I Batman's understand in you the get movie. confused. Batman's yeah. there. It's very uh. confusing.
2: But yeah, this movie felt like um, I feel like the performances are great. Tom Holland, incredible. Robert Pattinson, incredible. I loved uh, most of the cast, but then it just feels like all these disconnected pieces that don't really add up to anything. I enjoyed the second half, though, a lot more than the first. Um, also, also just want to say it reminded me a lot of uh, The Place Beyond the Pines, The the Derek Cien France movie from, you know, several years ago. Another, like, great multi-generation crime thriller in a way. Also with an astounding cast. Uh, Not as big as this one. But I also feel like that movie did some of these things better. I agree. So, yeah.
0: Yeah, it's it's very similar in in, in many ways. I mean, I, I made a video review of this movie on YouTube and mm. a lot of people have been comparing this movie to A Place Beyond the Pines crossed with No Country for Old Men. Sure. But for me, yeah. for me, Devendra, this movie is A Place Beyond the Pines crossed with Running Scared, the Wayne mm. Kramer movie, uh, which is so gonzo Perfect. over okay. the top in how terrible and evil its characters are. That it it, verges, it like kind of
2: veers into
0: <laughs> laughability it's comic territory? Book. That's
2: a comic book,
0: yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Okay, anyway, Jeff Kanata, I want to hear what you thought of The Devil All the Time.
1: Well, Dave, I guess you could say what I thought of The Devil All the Time can best be summed up in the form of a limerick. If you really want me to review it, I'll be clear so you won't misconstrue it. In 2008, I'd have thought it was great, but this year, why put yourself through it?
0: Wow. <laughs> you know, I'm going to say this. I'm going to say this, Jeff. Jeff Kanata rarely uh, texts me his, his reactions to movies, <laughs> right? Like, Yeah. Uh, because we, we like to preserve the surprise for the podcast. It's, it's part of the podcast yes. to be finding out what our reaction is. Uh, sometimes I'll ask Jeff, like, hey, Jeff, please share with me your reaction. Um, but other than that, he doesn't text me his reaction to movies. Uh, This week, I'm going to read the text thread that Jeff sent me, okay?
1: Okay. Uh,
0: So on Thursday night, (laughs) Jeff texts me, fuck this fucking movie. (laughs) (laughs) 20 minutes later, later, sadistic fucking movie. (laughs) (laughs) An hour later, dude, fuck this movie. Fuck this fucking movie. So Jeff what the, What did you mean by? I that? mean,
1: sounds like a good time. I, I don't think I need to expand on any of that. <laughs> I think that's pretty pretty much my Just review put that
2: on um, the poster yeah let me
1: let me let me contextualize this by telling a a brief story if uh-huh. you will indulge me. Uh-huh. Uh, I may have actually said this before at some point long ago on the show in a different context, but I want to tell this story now if you'll indulge me. Soon after I graduated from college, I uh, got into a long-term relationship with a delightful girl, uh, and we had we, we we had a we had a great great rapport. We were we were in a, in it's so it's so uh, tightly knit was our relationship that I ended up spending a lot of time with her parents, and her parents and I were definitely very very different kinds of people. Uh, they were very conservative and um while i can get along with anybody i like to think uh and i did get along with them uh, i bristled often and uh, i was journaling at the time quite a lot and my journals are full of my observations about these people and how much um uh, a lot of their behavior irked me and one of the things that irked me a lot i remember very vividly that uh they asked me about a movie. I, I wish I could remember which movie it was. I'm going to say it was seven, right? Cause this, it fits, <laughs> right? And it, it seems about the time period that would work. And it, it's, it seems it's a movie like seven. And they're like, oh, people are, uh, are talking about this movie. Should, should we go see it? And, and I, and I said to them, it's one of the best movies I've ever seen in my life. It is, it's an extraordinary, it's an extraordinary movie. And uh, they, I remember them then telling me that they turned it off like 10 minutes in and were like, I I have no desire. We have no desire to watch anything like that. Uh, please we want, leave our when, house. Yeah. yeah, when we want to, when we watch a movie, we want to feel good. Like that's mm-hmm. the point of watching movies. And I remember thinking at that time, what a, Utterly contemptible position that was from my like <laughs> haughty. I turned my nose down at that in my 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 high perch of having just graduated from drama school and wanting art to just instill me with all these sensations. Be they dread and and uh, and worry. Be they you know a self reflection and a, a vision of humanity that was dark and brooding. Uh, you know of the cinema, whole range. That's cinema. That yes, of yeah. course, that is art. Art. <laughs> And how, why would you want to limit yourself and not be put through the entire range of human experience through art? It's, that's why it's there. It's to provide that kind of experience. And I journaled furiously and I, uh, and I thought, oh my God, I never want to become like those people. (laughs) I'm like those people now. Uh, I...
2: Things have changed a little, though, Jeff, you know, in fairness, but yeah. Yeah,
1: Here we are in 2020. I'm a father of two kids. And I honestly think, as I said in the limerick, if I had seen this movie 10 years ago, I would have thought it was brilliant. I think there's a lot to it that is brilliant. I really do think it's it's well made on a lot of levels. And I want to go into that in a second. But now... (laughs) I stand by my texts to Dave, fuck this movie. I don't, I don't, I don't want to put myself through that. And, and I fully, fully cop to the fact that this is on me. This is on me. I am the person, it is just, and I kind of don't like that about myself because of the reflection I have of that time, that young person that I was that wanted to feel and wanted to be raked over the coals by art and, you know, go into dark places and all that stuff. I I kind of feel bad that I I have yeah, no yeah. desire. This movie is unrelenting. <laughs> unrelenting. It is brutal. There are sequences <laughs> that take you to a dark place, bring you right to the edge and then ask you to like imagine the horrible thing that comes next. And I go, oh fuck, I don't I don't want to th- think about it. And yeah. then they go, Oh, wait, were you thinking about it? Okay. Now we're gonna show you that thing you would think.
2: L- listen, it's like- listen, Jeff. This is not the devil part of the time.
1: No, you're this right. This is
2: I- the devil all the time. And they told it's you. It's right
1: there. It's right there yeah. in the advertising. Right there the the, yeah. It's yeah. you can't deny there's no. De- you know, Jeff, devil as somebody
0: here. who as somebody who doesn't like misleading titles, I feel like you can't fault this one, right?
1: I will give a 10 out of 10 on title for this movie. This movie earns its title a hundred percent. Uh, but it's extraordinary to me that, you know, some movies you, – you get to the edge on some movies and they're like, yeah, you know, we're going to make – we're not going to show you what's next, but you you can viscerally imagine it. And this movie goes, yeah, and then it waits a beat <laughs> and then it goes, no, you, guess what? Or it'll like go to another scene and then yep. it'll come back and go, oh, that thing that we made you imagine, now we're going to show it in vivid Still fucking happening. detail and you're going to see it in all its gruesome horror And we're going to make you really understand how despicable human beings are. Now, having said that, which is something already to me that like, I I just, I can't recommend this movie to most people because if you're anything like me in, in experiencing what 2020 is like right now, it's just, I don't want to go through that.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Having said that, I think this movie is, is pretty amazing on a number of levels. I think it is. I, I think I I think higher of it, ironically, than either of you, it sounds like, because I do think that structurally it's pretty amazing. I mean, clearly it's based on a novel, right? You, you yeah, can tell, yeah. you can feel it. That but great how
2: narrative it, voice, by the way, is the author, which is. I know. How cool voice. is that?
1: Yeah. The perfect voice. And the guy wrote it and then was like, yeah, I'll narrate it. I, I wonder how much of this is fucking autobiographical. It's Jeez, scary to think. Yeah. Uh, but the it. It is a movie that sources everything. Everything is goes back is is right, right. given you a reason why this happens. Every single thing is sourced, and ultimately, the source is religion. Religion is the great evil in this movie, mm-hmm. and I can get behind that. <laughs> I can get behind <laughs> that. Uh, th- 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 this movie posits that religion will make people into monsters not all the people but <laughs> but but enough of the people that you're going to want to turn away from that shit uh and it, it's in a, it's an extraordinary position to take in a mainstream movie and i mean the the horror that we see people do in the name of belief is astron- is unbelievable uh, and there's very just... little retribution there's there's very yeah, little yeah. um there's very little um The the people who are good in this movie aren't good because of religion. They're good despite religion. And they're good because they turn away from religion. Um, And that's extraordinary. I think think there's a lot of really interesting tapestry built in this movie. It's just so fucking dark that Mm -hmm. I did not, I I was uncomfortable watching it. And it is, every character is dark. Everything you see in this movie is dark. The worst shit that can happen, and that is just a hard thing to sit through for like two and a half hours.
2: It's it's serious fuck. I will say it's not just religion because there are two characters who are featured. Who is it? The uh, the Riley Kyo. Yeah, let's let's we don't need to give that's all. Yeah, yeah.
0: But yeah, people can be evil without religion as well uh is is one thing that's that's in the movie
2: but but there 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 are driving forces and i think that's what it really is it is that sense of belief and the driving forces that push people to do insane and crazy things and that's what it's exploring and it's that yeah there there there's something endemic or something you know innately evil about all of humanity in a weird way this movie is saying
1: yeah
0: so uh, I'll start share some quick thoughts when we get the spoilers. Um, but yeah, I think you're right, Jeff. You, I, ironically, despite your really upsetting texts, you probably liked this movie more than I did. I thought um, the movie was way too over the top to be uh, to, for me to be able to take it seriously. I thought the the uh, narrator Donald Donald Ray Pollock, who wrote the book. Mm-hmm. Has an amazing voice, very Sam Elliott-esque, right? Yes, like very yes. soothing and like amazing. I thought the voiceover narration was absolute garbage. I just did not think <laughs> it served the purpose of the movie at all. Because it removes all nuance from the movie at all. Like these actors are doing such an amazing job, and I'm like trying to enjoy what they're doing. And then all of a sudden this voiceover cuts in and is like, hey, by the way, in case you had any doubt so and so is really really sad and i'm just like uh, okay like you're we we can see that it's adding yeah. nothing it's adding it's yeah. not only adding nothing it's taking away and again in in a book i'm sure this would work great but um this is a film we don't need the voiceover like i would say out of all you know if the voiceover is like 100% of the voiceover maybe 90% of it could be removed with no damage at all to the movie in my mm-hmm. opinion and in fact could could arguably improve it so uh, but that really is a sign of the movie's overall problems, which is it, there is no subtlety to this, uh, to this movie. It, these people are well, all. What makes you say that,
2: Dave, is it is the <laughs> point where a character shoots, you know, a colleague who's strung up uh, on a cross like Jesus in the head? Is it <laughs> is it the point where yeah, a it, let's, dog not, here, let's talk about in spoilers. But suffice to say,
0: yeah, uh, it's uh, it, all these characters are cartoonishly evil, in my opinion, and it's. It, literally every 10 minutes it's like, okay, like when, when a character appears, when a new character appears, uh, I'm thinking to myself, okay, is this character going to turn out (laughs) to be a rapist or a murderer? That that is the math that I was doing in my head whenever there's a new character in this film. Um, and you know, obviously that's part of what the movie's trying to say is like evil lurks everywhere, even in these backwoods territories in which like, Hey, people are theoretically wholesome and they believe in God. Um, but I do think that because it is wielding this, this tool, like, uh, like, a a blunt Blood instrument, hammer? yeah, yeah. Cudgel. a cudgel, right. It's wielding it so broadly and just swinging it around wildly. Uh, I don't feel like it really, uh, lands any point with, uh, with great, uh, skill, unfortunately. So, uh, I thought it was a mixed bag, mixed bag. It's really well-made. Many sequences are really well-made. Uh, and obviously, the actors are all amazing. Before I get to spoilers, I do want to just read to you from this piece from insider.com. The headline of this piece is Robert Pattinson shocked everyone on the set of Netflix's The Devil All the Time with his high pitched southern accent. And uh, apparently, everyone in this uh, movie worked with a dialect coach in order to perfect their accents. Mm. Uh, and here's a quote from the article Not, un- Qu- not uncommon. Uh, the director knew Robert Pattinson wouldn't be using his real English accent for the role, but he didn't know how Pattinson would sound. As production (laughs) neared, other actors sent Campos recordings of the voices they were working on with the dialect coach, but not Pattinson. Rob was impossible to get dialect coaching, Campos said. He just didn't want to do it. He was just adamant about figuring it out on his own, end quote. And when Campos would inquire about Pattinson's progress, the actor would talk in circles. He'd be like, I'm going to do this thing and that thing with a little bit of this, Campo said in his best Pattinson English accent. But Pattinson would never reveal the voice. Finally, it was Pattinson's first day of shooting, a scene where he seduces a, a character in his car. That was the first time I heard his voice and saw the character in person, uh, Campo said. End quote. <laughs> That's so,
2: terrifying. Man. Yeah. Can
0: you imagine? Everyone's working with a dialect coach except, you know, one of your main stars. Yeah. R- Pattinson, between this and the reports of. Uh, Pattinson on on the set of Batman. I mean, this guy is a loose cannon. You know, he is a loose cannon. I'm just he's not taking wait. his
2: lessons.
1: Yeah, can't I can't wait him. till you can uh, till, till we'll be able to see the the inevitable uh, edits of of, of high pitched uh, Robert Pattinson versus Batman. You know, like he's clearly <laughs> going to be be two ends of a wild spectrum.
0: Amazing uh, supercut. Amazing super supercut. Super All right, let's get to spoilers for. Uh, the Devil All the Time, starting right now.
1: Now you're looking for the secret. Do
2: to see this coming?
1: No. But you won't find it because, of course, you're not going to see this coming. You're not really looking. I have been puzzling over how it works. You don't really want to work it out. Who's in the box? I have been dying to tell you. I want to tell you my secret You want to be fooled.
0: Let's talk about spoilers for this movie. I think the the point of this movie, when I really just jumped off the movie train... <laughs> was when um lenora is yep. about to commit suicide right yep. and the voiceover says you know what lenora realized she didn't yeah. need to commit suicide she's fine. Everything was gonna be okay and then she like accidentally falls and kills herself yeah, yeah. and it's like what, what what exactly was the point of that movie like did you that, that was,
1: was pretty far in man that was pretty far <laughs> in for you to jump off
0: but it's like w- was the point for you to establish uh, how terrible and cruel the world is because uh, yeah. didn't, didn't you already get to that point with uh, Lenora kind of being uh, sexually assaulted and and uh, gaslighted by the yeah. past the town's pastor? you know like w- weren't we already there psychologically as an audience? but nope, oh she didn't want to kill herself and accidentally ended up dying
1: anyway um that's when i was it, just like it, it took that long for you to get I, <laughs> I think when when uh you know baby tom holland's parents are both ripped from him in the most horrific ways and he's got pie on his face that everyone assumes is yeah. gore because that's his, just his the dad day that he's been strings having
2: up his uh his dead dog on the cross yeah. as, a, as a sacrifice like man that was pretty upsetting it's, i have to say when, when he says
0: fucking a," when yeah. the kid says like you know I, I always wanted to give my dog a proper burial and i'm thinking to myself. Wait a second, like what do you mean a proper burial? And then you find out what that means and it's horrifying? Yeah. 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 Pretty pretty rough.
2: There's a, a lot of rough moments. There's the the other point, is it is it the Mia Vasakovska character, Helen, yeah. who goes to the, oh to the woods like so uh, horrible with the preacher guy. Like it's so And the, the only innocent characters, like the truly innocent characters are are like a handful of women. And that's pretty much it. But yeah, everyone else yeah. is garbage. This, and that's this just the movie basically like man. fridges three women in the, like yeah. it's fridging times
0: three in this movie. It's very, it's mm-hmm. very, very rough. Um, very rough. Yeah. My,
1: my favorite was the, uh, the, you know, the numerous times we're going out to, to murder people after fucking them uh, and taking pictures of them. Yeah, um, yeah. And the, the one time where we like, we, kn- we know exactly what's going to happen at this point. Yeah. And we cut away to another thing, but then we have to come back to him sitting on the guy Whose evidently genitalia has been severed and that's in frame too, to, to see that, Oh, they didn't just murder him before he died. They cut off his C and B set. It's like, come on, man. C and B set. Yeah. You know, uh, I, yeah, I gotcha. I've, I've, I've never heard that expression there. before.
0: Never heard that expression. Okay. Anyway. Uh, yeah. Uh, there. <laughs> I, I mean, and then the ending, you know, the ending is just this series of increasingly unlikely events. <laughs> in which tom tom hall uh, like okay so the scene with tom arvin's character right and his the,
2: no good very bad life the preacher like that, that scene
0: was day. actually very yeah. good um yeah. it was a very lengthy scene it lasts like five minutes of him confronting tea garden it
1: was incredible uh,
0: yeah it was a great scene. it really was great scene. great scene great scene and then they have him kill three people after that <laughs> just <laughs> yeah. just by coincidence
1: he also makes – the the leaps – I mean, I like movies where they make their characters smart, but the leaps that all the characters in this movie make of, like, certainty – like, he is uh-huh. certain that those people are murderers and he can kill them all immediately. Like, that's a pretty big le- – I mean, he sees the dude's gun <laughs> he, in his back. He, he, he saw he's that. The, I,
2: I think he's seen enough of how shitty the world is where he's like, I guess. yeah, I can't – I'm going to kill these
1: people immediately. Yeah. You know, there's no – Just to be safe. Yeah, also, and then and then the cop makes this incredible leap of logic like, okay, not only is it definitely this kid, but this kid is definitely going to revisit his dog, and I'm definitely going to find him there with my shotgun. Like, all of that leap of logic is pretty impressive, you know? You yeah. just go, I'm driving out there. That's definitely where the kid's going to be. It's, yeah, there's some convenient moments for sure.
2: Man, I, I will say I, w- I would watch a whole movie about Jason Clark and Riley Keogh on their, like, uh, their road adventures. And like, it's like a weird fucked up Bonnie and Clyde, you know, like, I it's, don't know what is driving him. What's going on um, here. <laughs> yeah.
1: It's, um, um, oh, what the fucking, uh, Tarantino movie. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, what, what is that? Um, That's something, right? something killers. No, uh, with Woody Harrelson.
0: Natural born killers. Natural that's born killers. Born yeah. killers. Yeah. That's, that's that movie. Yeah. yeah, Oliver Stone. That's true. Oliver Stone. That's yeah. True, right? Yeah. Um, so, the the running scared comparison. By the way, first of all, running scared, incredible movie. Um, incredible. It just it, it was it was not recognized in its time, and I just remember that in running scared there is a scene where, like. I think the, the protagonist accidentally stumbles upon like a group of pedophiles. Right. And then like needs to like fight his way out. And it's, it just reminds me so much of the scene in this movie where Tom Holland is just hitchhiking and just happens to come across the two people that are scooping up hitchhikers and like murdering people.
1: No, but I, what I, I, I I understand your, your gripe there, but I, I gotta say, I kind of love the way the structure of this movie is. is like, we see that first scene in the diner where the two guys meet the girl of their dreams in, in the same moment, mm-hmm. not knowing each other yeah. at all. And th- like the whole structure of this movie is like how it circles out and that moment comes back. Like it's, I appreciate that kind of beautiful symmetry of this one inciting moment was destined to create this other thing where these characters were going to meet again. And I, uh, I don't know. I I like mm-hmm. those like the world works in mysterious ways kinds of narratives, you know, where you would never know it. If you you would never know that these people were in the same moment at the same time here and then here is where they actually meet and it's a big deal. I I give the movie credit for that. I think that's kind of a fun flourish actually.
0: Yeah, I I don't dis- I don't necessarily disagree, Jeff, you know. And I think there's just, there is the kind of um Uh, pleasure like from a filmmaking perspective in just seeing like oh hey they're introducing all these various characters you know they are all going to converge at some point right Right, and so you're watching them converge and it's like there's there's some fun in that there's some fun in that Mm -hmm. but it is just like as as we pointed out like a a series of contrivances that like kind of force them together at the end that yeah uh, do feel a little bit convenient let's talk about the uh, ending of the movie Um, what do you guys make of the very last scene of the movie where he falls asleep. First of all, one of the things I like about this movie is it knows how to make dudes seem extremely sketchy. Yeah. Because he gets in that car. He gets in his car with this hitchhiker, and is, I'm like, something's not right with that guy. Like you're meant to question whether <laughs> yeah. that guy you're is like, a murder. Don't
1: fall asleep, Tom. <laughs> Don't. Have you learned nothing? <laughs> yes. Uh,
0: but I'm curious. Yeah. If you guys have any opinion on on what the ending means, do you guys have any
2: interpretation?
1: I, I thought for sure we were going to learn that the voiceover was Tom Holland's character yeah. old. And, and I ate that reflecting. hitchhiker alive. <laughs> 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 he <does> tasted <it> good. <laughs> I thought for sure Tom Holland's character was, it, it was him in old age reflecting on this, this horror that he lived through, but we didn't, we did not get that mm-hmm. additional point of
2: like full safety you know, private Ryan. Yeah.
1: Yeah. We, we don't know who the voiceover is. It's just this disembodied voiceover, but I thought it would have been cool. I actually thought it would have been cool, but Mm. No, uh, I, I, the, the, the actual ending, I don't know. I mean, it, it, it retains that like creepy disconcerting. There's no, n- you're never safe. There, the devil is everywhere. You're fucked. that's you know, like, you, there's no, he gets away, but it doesn't feel, there's no sense of yeah. security or safety. Yeah. He'll never be movie. safe. Yeah. Right.
2: In an in interview. Say, yep. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead.
0: Uh, in an interview with inverse.com, the director Antonio Campos says, uh, about the ending quote, we're left wondering, will Arvin be one of those traumatized veterans or will he go down another path? Will he get out of this cycle that he's been stuck in that Willard was in before? So the end of the movie is not giving an answer, but posing a question and leaving the door open for you to decide, end quote. Sure. So that's his, his perspective, whether or not he was successful in conveying that up to you guys. And Do
2: they very blatantly announced the uh yeah the like the Vietnam War spinning up and everything, so you know the draft is coming, you know like it's very obvious what they're doing and how war kind of stains uh his family line in a way too like it severely affected yeah. his father. uh the thing I was gonna say though was i there was definitely a point where I stopped looking at this as like, oh, look at Tom Holland trying to be like a cute fifties greaser or something It's like, oh man, this kid is crazy and it's the point where he goes you know goes around just beats up all the guys who are messing with yeah. his sister I have to say well done Tom Holland like I, I really believed him at that point and like his portrayal of a very broken character is spot on
0: this is a great showcase of his abilities I think actually. Yeah. like yeah. despite what I think about the movie Tom Holland is awesome in this movie so I think yeah. he's great yeah
1: mm-hmm. and there's and a is. lot of great performances actually
0: yeah yeah the, the, the
2: church be- the church thing man yeah. The spiders amazing scene. Amazing scene with the church. Not the spider. I think the dinner scene. Like the scene where Robert Pattinson just like eviscerates oh, yeah. Tom Holland's mom, grandma, I guess yeah. or oh, yeah, yeah, grandma, yeah, mom yeah, yeah. figure, but like but clearly he eviscerates her just because he wants it for himself. And that tells you everything. It's so well done. He's so good at it.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Also the bad guy from The Old Guard was in this movie. Did you guys catch that? <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, man. I was like, "What?" Yeah, he he lost that uh, that hoodie sport coat thing and got real fucked up.
0: Yeah. I, first of all, I I genuinely yelped when he poured the spiders on his face. I yeah. mean, yeah. I think they were probably CG spiders, but they still, looked awful. I mean, come on, it still yeah. was like upsetting to see it is, it's upsetting, that sequence.
1: Yeah. That whole scene was so upsetting, and then the idea that he's like doing that every weekend <laughs> and, and it well, one time it goes so bad that he gets a severe mental breakdown. It's so upset that it, all that whole notion is so upsetting that he, yeah, ugh, oh, man, mm-hmm. all that shit. Mm-hmm. And then that like trying to resurrect her is, it was so fucking horrible. it's just yeah. horrible.
0: Oh, yeah. It's excruciating. I actually, well, I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm going to confess to you guys. I skipped, um, like when he was out walking in the woods, uh-huh. I I knew what was coming because he's like, oh, yeah. she. The the narrator helpfully told helpfully told me she's never gonna see her daughter again. So, um, did you skip oh, you the didn't entire even scene? See that shit? No, I didn't skip the entire scene. I skipped. The, I didn't okay. skip the entire scene. But it, like they're walking, they're walking, and then I fast forwarded like a minute to the point mm. where like you know what? She's,
2: yeah.
1: Oh yeah. man. I fucking sat through this shit and you were on the fast forward <laughs> yeah. button? Not
0: through the whole movie, just that one thing, because I'm like, I already know what's coming and it's very upsetting.
2: I mean, that,
1: that's, uh, most
0: everything movies, in this movie. that's
2: most movies. That's most movies, yeah. Everything in this movie is very upsetting. <laughs> I there was, not, there was a, slash film court satisfaction.
1: Seriously, man. Up. There must be a punishment for this. Uh, there, there is not a single five minute stretch of this movie where something fucking upsetting doesn't happen. <laughs> oh, you know?
0: Man. Yeah, I'm... I don't disagree. I don't disagree. All right. Yeah. Well, that's our review of the devil all the time. And uh, <laughs> you can find
2: chaser of I'm um, thinking of ending things. Like, really? Yeah, no kidding, man.
1: We really need some sort of wacky comedy n- next at some point. I I I walked out of my viewing of this, and my wife saw me, and she goes, what happened what ha, are you okay
0: what, what did dave do to you
1: <laughs> the devil this? The devil. yeah i mean i was shook by this movie i and, and the thing that's really disturbing to me is it was like number one <laughs> on netflix right now yes. like, yeah, everyone's yeah. watching this shit you can kind of tell
0: you know i've been using letterboxd a lot at letterboxd.com slash dave chen and you can kind of tell how much people are engaging with the movie by like the quantity of reviews there are right <laughs> Yeah, and yeah. so I was I was mentioning the movie Rising Phoenix that I saw uh, this week as a documentary about the Paralympics. It has um, what is it? Uh, how many reviews? I don't even know how to uh, appear as, it, it, it is watched by five hundred fifty two members, liked by one hundred seventy four members, and then there's a way to actually access how many reviews, but I can't seem to do it here on the website. So that's my bad. But then you compare that to the devil all the time and the numbers are like an order of magnitude higher it's like um 12,000 lists it's been watched by 56,000 members and 13,000 likes so yes jeff people are people are eating this up like chicken livers basically
1: i don't i don't mm. i don't understand the lived experience of 2020 How, am i am i the crazy one <laughs> no jeff it's the children who are wrong it's okay, the children good. who are wrong thank goodness
0: you can find more episodes of this podcast at com. Email us at SlashFilmCast at gmail.com. Our theme song comes from AdamWarrock.com. Our spoiler bumper comes from filmmaker and YouTuber Kyle Hillinger. Check out his YouTube channel. And our uh, weekly plugs music comes from Noah Ross and Thomas Medina. Stay tuned here. We'll be discussing next week. Actually, no. That's it. This episode was edited by Baby Zhang. We're already at the end of the podcast. We are going to be discussing... So we we next week is a week that is kind of challenging because like... Um, there's not that many things that are like coming out in the next week right, right. that we all really felt like enthusiastic about. Um, like none of us are super, super jazzed for Enola Holmes, unfortunately. So it's gonna be the movie Hashtag Alive, which is a real movie uh directed by Ilcho, and it is on Netflix right now, hashtag alive. Uh, it's a horror film that has some components of video game stuff in it and I am looking forward to talking about it with it's
2: supposed to be funny and just... light even though it's a zombie apocalypse movie yeah so, so on,
0: let's join it let's, uh, hopefully we'll enjoy it next week it's on Netflix right now if you're in the United States hope you enjoy it and we'll see you back here next week on the Slash we watch
1: the